the YBA Phoenix Fitness 24-7 Basketball Facility in Rockland, California. It's About That Life Podcast with your host, Coach C. Collins and Coach MJ. Hey, how you doing? It's Coach C. Collins. Coach MJ, GGT. And welcome to About That Life Podcast where we talk a little bit of AAU basketball, life, NBA, and everything in between. Once again, thank you for those who've been checking us out. Thank you um, who've been supporting from the beginning. We really appreciate you uh, big time on the audio side. Obviously, we're always trying to grow the YouTube side. Um, If you're here and you're checking us out, why don't you go ahead, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button. Uh, One small click for you uh, is a big help to us. Help uh, me and Mark out with the algorithm. We appreciate it a lot. Uh, Before we get into our guests and everything else, got to give a shout out to a couple of our sponsors. Um, Thank you to Dr. Dish for all you guys have been doing for the show. Uh, Best shooting machine on the market. They got a home version. They got the Rebel, the All-Star. If you're looking to enhance your game, I suggest you give them a call. Tell them about that live podcast sent you. Uh, Links for all that will be in the description. Also, if you're looking for basketball tournaments, go to Hardwood Palace or Courtside Basketball located in Rockland, California, where our studio is. Uh, they have very consistent rec programs, AAU programs, and they're definitely um, people you want to check out if you're looking to start your AAU team. So with all that being said, let's get to our guest. Um, this man, uh, I've just met him, uh, but uh, overall his, his story is pretty amazing. Um, well, we're going to get into all that. He just had a documentary done with him. Uh, he has a podcast currently right now, right? Correct. I'll just make sure I get everything right. Correct me if I'm wrong with anything. Um, uh, before, prior to that, he he essentially was, well, like they say, LeBron before LeBron, right? And and on top of that, he did he created his buzz in a uh, pre-social media world, <laughs> pre-internet uh, world. So to get to the stage that and abilities and then things that he was able to get to without um, that social media platform is actually very amazing. So for you young kids who check the show out or who listen, um, uh, you, you got to pay respect for those who came before you. I know you guys think it's all about you right now, but <laughs> there's some, there was some people that hooped before y'all just to throw that out there. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce my guest, uh, Vernon Shea Cotton. Thanks for having me, fellas. Welcome to the show. Appreciate you. <laughs> so I want to do a, a quick rundown for those uh, who might not know, right, uh, of your basketball background and accolades. And please feel free to correct, correct me if I'm wrong on anything. Um, it's your life. You know it better than mine. <laughs> so uh, just let me know. Um, they, the, they definitely, I remember, because I graduated in 01, so I think we're pretty close in age. And I, and uh, Mark's from SoCal, okay. so he's definitely I'm from Orange County. So yeah. I, I know, I know who you are. Okay. Yeah, and right. and I, from my background, I heard about you, but I know, you know, at that time, I want to say during the time of your rise in NorCal, we kind of in Oakland, we had like Demarche Johnson and and uh, Leon Poe and some of those guys who were on the rise. So they they get a buzz, but I heard your name, but I just didn't know who you are. So right. funny, I works full circle, and here you are, but. But let's let's talk about, you know, what you did as far as your accolades out there. Um, said Cal High Sports hailed you arguably uh, uh, the best youth player in California. That's uh, that was register or that's from 2014 um, sophomore year. You were at um, modern day, mm-hmm. right? Modern day, modern day high school yep. uh, averaged 24 points and 10 rebounds. Uh, and you led your school to a record of 36 and one. Correct. Nice, very uh, congratulations. That was on your that sophomore well. year. I had freshman and freshman, sophomore yeah, year. Wow. So, yeah, wow. we lost. I think two games in two years. Wow, yeah. man. Well, that's tough. <laughs> As I said, you were voted um, All Southern Section Division One Player of the Year, and named uh, All Southern Section Division One Team for the second straight year. Okay. Right. Um, it says also you were the first and only sophomore to be named uh, Cal High Sports Division One State Player of the Year. Correct. Wow. Very, Big time. Man, very cool. Um, but we'll fast forward through kind of some of the college stuff and talk about some of your pro stuff before we delve more into the college stuff. Um, says you played professionally for about 10 years overseas. Yes. Right? Uh, it says you went to countries and – in case people are wondering, like I'm saying, I'm talking about this stuff I got off the internet. <laughs> so, uh, 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 you went to Serbia. Um, also, you played with Vladi Divac. 
on his team that he owned, the KK Partisan. Nice, nice. Very cool. Uh, the Shanghai Sharks, isn't that a uh, Yao Means? That's the team he was playing for that uh, before he got drafted, so I actually got a chance wow. to meet him. CBA? Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Nice, man. And then uh, in the 2000 play, for you played in the ABA? For Correct. the Long Beach Jam. Long Beach Jam, he won a title. Dennis Robbins on the team. Uh, <laughs> nice, man. NBA that, guys. So that's cool. That's very cool. And then it's also said you toured with the Harlem Globetrotters. Correct. Nice. One of my my uh, my point guard in my old college ended up becoming a Globetrotter. His, uh, his name is uh, Patrick Flip Atkins. So okay. it was cool kind of seeing his journey, too. And then it's uh, all everything says you've been to France, Dominican Republic, Venezuela, Mexico, right? Yep. It's all pretty accurate. Yep. Okay. Yep. Well, Played in Italy, a little bit in uh, Greece. Well, nice. nice. Said you've been a journeyman. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Overall, with that experience of overseas, and just, you know, you give a brief synopsis on that. Because for my show, I have a lot of kids who listen, right? A lot of aspiring athletes, kids that are like, oh, I want to play pro. I want to. And, and they don't. You know, they don't know how hard that that to bridge that gap is. You know what I'm saying? But in your in your journeyman years, what what, what was your overall take from that? Just the experience. Um, I think the uh, the most important piece is when you go to a foreign country, being able to settle in. You know, yeah. you're dealing with the uh, language barrier. You're dealing with the, the culture shock. You're dealing with the uh, the cuisine adjustment, and just the uh, landscape, like the visual, what it looks like. Nothing in Europe looks like anything in America. So <laughs> no matter where you are, what country you go to, it's going to be an adjustment. And right. I tell people, when you go to overseas to play, it's going to take about two weeks mm-hmm. to start to settle in. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's really more of a, a state of uh, state of mind. And I think your energy, like you have to relax and yeah. settle in. You know, you, you're, you're pressing, trying to impress when you first get there. You want to be in shape. So you're trying to finish every play and make every shot, you know. Indirectly, because you want to make a good impression, but they're looking at the long haul. You're practicing twice a day, so you don't have to kill them in the first session. You right, know? But right. they want to see consistency. They want to see if you're in shape right off the bat. Like, the European game is much different because they don't do like we do here. In yeah. the NBA, they let you come in, you fly in, they let you get acclimated a few days and just kind of bring you in slowly. Mm. Overseas, when you're American, they want Jordan for 100 grand. Right, right. So <laughs> you're coming in off a 16-hour <laughs> flight, and you might have a game that night. Oh, okay. You know? But they won't tell you. So... You got to be mm-hmm. ready. I like that word that you use because that's something we preach. Uh, to I coached a lot, um, and, and that's something I preach to my kids all the time is consistency. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I don't think enough athletes know the power of, of that ability, right, to be able to sustain something continuously night in, night out, whether you got a, a, a pain in your back or whether you're dealing with, you know, life issues or whether you, you know, you, you got banged up in practice. I mean, you still have to, you know, put those numbers up you know what I mean and that's what I try to tell the kids if you can you can't I don't want to say you can master consistency because you always gonna have a bad game you always just gonna have Mm -hmm. a rough night but but if you can mitigate it as best as possible you give yourself the highest shot so that's what I'm glad to hear from one of the things I kind of wanted to pick up on what you were saying um I played in Southeast Asia for four years I've seen players Americans who come off the plane and drop 30 and still get sent home right. because their attitude or how they treat their teammates of the foreign land or the coaches. And just kind of want to get your take from that. Like knowing that sometimes it's not even just about numbers. You know, if you don't fit in with the culture, if you don't embrace it, right. they going to send your ass home. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's uh, when you're in Rome, you do like the Romans, you know, and I tell people, right. Like, you get more bees with honey. I think yeah. uh, being a team guy goes a long way. Yeah. With talent, mm-hmm. you know, you can get job security. But mm-hmm. just a guy that's coming in to score buckets yeah. and you think it's all about that, you'll be you'll be gone yeah. faster when you get there. Yeah. yeah. No, and that's good. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Well, I want to get to to my first – well, that's one of my first questions, but I want to get to my other question. I wanted to talk to you about AAU basketball. Just kind of wanted to pick your brain and your perspective on that because um, are, are you staying in SoCal right now? Yeah. Or, okay, yeah. so – you. Have you seen the AU circuits? I and stuff? Have, I'm I just have, saying, in yeah. your out here, it's I mean, it's heavy everywhere, but yeah. in SoCal, it's a different animal out there. I mean, yeah. you got your major, the in my opinion, from what I assess, is the most major program as far as sheer size out there is West Coast Elite. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you have your Compton Magics, you have, you know, I mean, truth. Yeah, exactly. The yeah. truth. Like, Supreme. You, you have, not? man, I mean, it's, it's, it's competitive, yeah. you know. Um, 
Oh, I always ask my guests this because we mainly are obviously a show geared towards AAU and, and teaching the youth and trying to inform parents and stuff. And it's changed so much from when I played, I'm pretty sure, from when you played. It's just evolved and it's, it's good and a bad, and give or take. But what what is your overall assessment? What's the good you see from it? What's the bad you see from it? The good I see from it, guys are a lot more skilled today. Um, they have a lot more resources to become better athletes. Mm-hmm. Um I feel like with that being said, it has taken away from the hunger of the player that you used to see because I think everything's so available with social media and all the opportunities with Google and YouTube. Everybody thinks it's going to be like a microwave experience. Mm -hmm. Basketball is a process just like life is. You know, I tell people like Jordan lost for six years in Chicago before he won and he dropped 40 a game. So he had to have pieces around him to support him with his scoring to start winning titles. So when you're developing in the AAU circuit, what I'm seeing is a lot of kids that have this sense of self-entitlement. They're not really willing to put the work in, but they want the reward. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And you have a lot of like watered down basketball. No, absolutely. And parents, I hope you heard that because mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are, are part of that, uh, that, that mistake sometimes. So yep. no, I'm glad to hear you say that. Well, you just came back from, um, uh, the showing of your documentary at Grand High School, right? Yes. Um, how was that overall? Good? Well, well yeah. um, numbers were a little down from what we were expecting, but probably because we have a storm today. That yeah. didn't help, man. Yeah, and, and you know, there's always going to be adversity, right? Like that's life too. Like when you really want something bad enough, it doesn't matter what adversity you're going to face. You're going to get mm-hmm. through yeah. it. You know, go you're through right. it to get to it. And it went well. It was the majority of student athletes, which is why we wanted to do this. Um, the Manchild Grassroots Tour we're doing now, uh, we're looking to extend. We've got a couple dates locked in in L.A. when we get back, um, college as well as high school. So okay. we're looking to extend Northern California schools, private schools, you know, regular public schools as and, well as colleges. And for all those who are listening or, you know, uh, more than likely going to be watching this after this is recorded, uh, links to a lot of the, all your information and stuff, I'm going to have that in the description so people can check it out themselves so they can see you know, you and, and, and really promote you out there. Absolutely. When, um, from, from, well, obviously you, you've seen the documentary, you, you obviously got to pick and choose and, and you had your life analyzed. I mean, that's gotta be, you know, a pretty tough thing because of course you see the highs and, and, but then you see the lows, right. Sure, and, sure. and it's hard to have someone dissect your life. Cause right. Cause we all dumb, dumb shit or made bad decisions when we were young. Like it happens, right. right. You know, but when someone is, watches this i haven't seen it yet i actually wanted to wait till i met you to watch it because i think it would give me a better perspective um what is it the takeaway you want people to have from it wow in a nutshell i think the takeaway from watching the manchild documentary is you know you're witnessing you're experiencing something that's authentic and it's rarest form pre-social media like you mentioned I was the biggest thing next to Magic Johnson in L.A., mm-hmm. you know, quite frankly. I had a Nike deal without the money. He he I, had mentioned to me, sorry not to cut you, he mm-hmm. had mentioned to me that uh, you played against Kobe, you played against oh, yeah. Kobe and yeah. all that stuff. Yep. So, no, yep. like, big rest ups, peace. man. Yeah, rest in peace mm-hmm. to Kobe. Uh, you know, the day we played against each other, I was better. And, you know, the the, the guy that, that kind of brought him to L.A., his his right-hand guy, Natel Vaughn, is in the documentary. He's speaking on that. He was actually at the game. So nice. I don't just say that. Like, I'm not a guy that – let me attack a guy that everybody knows type of <laughs> right, person. Right, right. You know, I mean, he's the only one that that matched that prowess that mm-hmm. I possessed, and you know that that fervor and that tenacity. And, and next to him would be Metal World Peace. But to circle back on the question, um, I think for me with the documentary, we just want kids to know: look, I was the best thing there was, and I missed. So if it could happen to me, it could happen to anyone. And understand that I did everything the right way. I showed up, stayed late, put the extra time in, and I was better than my peers, and it didn't work out on the court. Mm-hmm. Now the flip side to that is you can't really say it's a failure when I'm blessed to have this platform now. Mm-hmm. True. And we have a timeless piece. I mean, the film was released in 16. L.A. Film Festival ranked mm-hmm. the top five out of 4,200 films. Nice. And here we are today almost four years, five years later, with distribution we just received in about a, about a year. I think it's been out with 1091 Pictures out of New York. So wow. we're really excited. Rotten Tomatoes is giving us five stars right now, Very which is cool. unheard of. As a, yeah, as I was researching you um, and ran across 
that I, cause I didn't realize the documentary had been out that long and things like that. No, it's gotten a lot of positive reviews. I've heard it's won a few awards at some festivals and things like that. So very much congratulations. Thank man. You. Cause it's, I mean, I can't imagine what it's like. I mean, we all in some piece or shape or form, if you have social media, you're putting your life out there, period. Right. Right. But like you literally were willing to say, Hey, look, let me show you an example of what can happen. You know what I mean? Right. And so I, I give you a lot of credit for that, man. Cause Thank that's, you. that's just not something that anybody's always willing to do. Right. You right. got anything on that Mark? No. Well, actually one, one, one question I did want to ask was like going through that process. Cause again, you know, like me, I'm, I'm from Southern California and you know, even though I'm, I'm a little younger, like I, I kind of remember um, I'm from Buena Park. So okay. I don't know if you know where Buena Park yeah, is. Yeah. And one of the things I did want to ask you was during that high school, you know, all that hype and, and, and everything else like that, what was, what was going through your mind as a freshman, sophomore, as you were getting all these accolades? And at the same time, like you said, you know, these shoe companies were coming at you. And of course you're more mature, more wiser now, but during those, especially those, those first two years, cause I know like you think was that you got injured your junior or senior year. Junior year yeah. yeah. Your junior year. So, from your freshman to sophomore year, where were you mentally at that stage of your life? And I would probably say I was I was operating at an optimal level, mm-hmm. and I knew that mm-hmm. I had arrived. You know, yeah. Sports Illustrated did the story in fifteen as a freshman. Yeah, yeah. Viva Brazil, you know, on that cover of that one when they won, and I was training against college guys and pros wow. at that time, so I wasn't surprised what was mm-hmm. going on. I was more like. My mind is set on the league, man. I just yeah. want to be able to lay in that bed on the on the on the, on the road and yeah. put on my jersey and yeah. say I made it. You mm-hmm. know that that was the goal. I had it. Mm-hmm. I had this vision, and then I focused on okay, what's my plan? All right, now I have to write it down. I got to attack it, mm-hmm. and then I have to execute it. Mm-hmm. So that was it. Was like setting goals every week. Yeah. Every game I played, I analyzed it that same night. I watched the film. Mm-hmm. You know, and that that's something today that's yeah. lacking. Even kids in AAU yeah. circuit, they yeah. need to watch film. Yeah. They need to watch more basketball, mm-hmm. study tendencies, and, and look at mm-hmm. look at things that happen on the floor without the basketball on mm-hmm. both sides of the court. Yeah. Yeah. You know, guys just looking at one side of the floor because you're watching Stephen Curry shoot exactly. the ball, but they don't see him making those 1,000 shots mm-hmm. a day. They yep. don't see him in the gym yep. making 1,000 shots, not taking. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when I tell kids that, they're like, Really, he shoots. It may, yeah, he yeah. makes a thousand yeah. a day. Yeah. So imagine how long it took when he first started. But mm-hmm. I guarantee you, now he probably breezes through it. Really yeah. Quick. Oh yeah, yeah. And you see where he is in the game today. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, and that's good because I want to talk more about kind of um, that that NBA side of things because in in your documentary, correct me if I'm wrong because I haven't seen it yet, but in your documentary, some NBA players speak about who you were and yeah. and your legacy and things like that. Um, do you still, I mean, well, this is kind of a two-part question. Do you still have relationships with some of those guys? I do. Yeah, we still talk. I communicate with a lot of guys through social media and, you know, in the streets when I see them. Okay, nice. And then, like, how, reflecting on you, I mean, you. at the end of the day, we we, we all ballplayers in here. We all play basketball. You know, there there's a, there's a brotherhood of respect there, right? Mm-hmm. But how does it feel? circling back and having these guys speaking about you and speaking on your behalf and just who you are as a player. How did that, how did that affect you or make you feel about it? It was comforting. Um, somebody asked me a question similar to that today in the Q and a for the screening. Mm-hmm. It was comforting, you know, to, to get that, the reception from them, you know, kind of like an acknowledgement in a way, like a stamp, I guess yeah. for this generation. Right. You know, everybody in our generation already knew, right. Saw or heard, right, or read. Right. So yeah. it was more about, that was nice, but kind of disappointing because I'm like, man, these guys are my peers. They got the bag I didn't at that time. And I'm saying to myself, why won't somebody just step up and get behind what I'm doing right. with these kids right. and, and make a contribution financially right. to help change some of these narratives with our kids? Yeah. That's the unfortunate part that yeah, I haven't right. seen. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I was I was thankful for the acknowledgement. But I've, I've taken my life in a different direction. When mm-hmm. it didn't work, I walked away from the game for okay. a minute. And then God was like, no, nah, I'm not done with you yet. So uh-huh. I came cool. back, put a strategy together. So, you know, what can I do to impact lives better than what I did when I played? That would have sustainability. And, you know, the Man Child documentary was created right around the time that I retired at 30 years old. Very uh-huh. cool, man. So at the height of what you feel your success is and you know your path, whether it be um, 
you know, while you were playing overseas or in high school or whatever, where you feel you were at your pinnacle as an athlete, as a basketball player. Um, describe describe what that felt like. I mean, because, again, I, I I was a pretty good player, but I wasn't on your – I'll be straight honest, wasn't on your level. I happened to be at a – I was at Oakland Tech, so during the, my time there, I had a star-studded team. We had, you know, a bunch of guys who either went D1 or pro or whatnot. So it's like I was just one of many, you know what I mean? But you you were at a higher level than that, you know what I mean? And and, and how did that – how did that look? How did that describe that process? Um, the process was was grueling. You know, uh, the training was six days a week. You know, we had our practice with the school team, and the day started early, and it ended late. You know what I mean? We finished school. We had our practice two hours, come home, maybe take a nap, wake up, finish a little homework. I got left over, yeah. and I'm back to the gym. You know, right. I mean, it was swimming laps in the, in the, at the swimming pool at the local YMCA when I was growing up, you know, in Pedro before we moved to Long Beach and lifting weights and running sprints and, you know, doing ball handling drills, doing one-on-one drills with my brother, a lot of shooting drills, working with my shooting coach, Des Flood, who passed away, who was B.J. Armstrong, mm-hmm. uh, shooting coach at Iowa before yeah. he went to the Bulls. So, you know, I prepared. So when I got to the to the opportunity to prove myself, that was the easy part. Okay. It's like, you know, I tell kids, do all your work before you get to the game. Nice. Then the game becomes easy. Yep. Absolutely. I'll, I want want everybody to hear that again. Do your work before the game. That's right. That's <laughs> right? right. And That's then right. you make it easy. That's right. I want. I, I always try to reemphasize because I have a lot of kids who listen to this. He has a lot of kids who listen to this. And we're both coaches and trainers and stuff. So it's like they need to hear this kind yeah. of stuff, man, because right. I feel – my overall opinion, which is a good and a bad thing I've talked about on previous shows, social media has definitely changed the landscape of how the recruitment process works, how kids can get exposure. Some random uh, uh, Division Six kid in the middle of nowhere might actually get a shot now because we have these free platforms. But on the on the flip side of it, too, though, it does make this misconception that everybody makes it or it's easy, right. or you don't have to put in work, you don't have to prepare yourself, you know what I mean? Right. It's 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 really a hard balancing act. So it's great to hear. I always try to appreciate when guests outside of, you know, me, because I'm coach, right? My kids are like, coach always says this shit, right? I mean, he's coach, he's coach. Other people get a chance to say it. I'm glad, I'm glad they got uh, to hear you say that. Absolutely, same message, different messenger. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you got anything, Mark? Um. One question I did want to ask also was kind of like, like listening to you earlier when you were talking about studying the game, and, and to me it just sounded like you were very obsessive, you know. And you know, coming from Southern California, I'm a Kobe guy. Kind of, you know, not you don't have to kind of go too much in the detail, but like like what you were saying, you you got basketball practice. Cause I know a lot of well, my kids listen to this. What kind of what was your? Cause I remember Kobe and he was in China. He did that one thing where he was like, wake up at four, four to six, go back home, eight to ten. Go back home, take a rest. Twelve, eleven. You know, right. what was your schedule like? Was it really kind of similar to that, or did you have your own kind of schedule? How did you kind of break it down? You know, through your high school career, especially though, that freshman and sophomore year, where you were the best, basically in the in the world, in the country. Yeah, it was. Um, it was different because you know, being in school, mm-hmm. they monopolize in high school. They monopolize a lot of that time. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Morning to the evening, mm-hmm. but I started my morning early get to school early if mm-hmm. I had anything to finish up academically. I, mm-hmm. I could knock it out before class, mm-hmm. go through our day, midday, you know, lunchtime. I'm going to the locker room. I was mm-hmm. an introvert, so I'd mm-hmm. be in the locker room watching tape yeah. of the game before, the night before, or watching a college game the night before, yeah. watching ESPN, getting caught up on all the scores. I mean, I was obsessed. Yeah. You know I mean? I ate, slept, and you know what else. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, okay, this is my moment. All right, it's lunchtime. All right, I'm going here, get my food. Yeah. I can sit down. I can watch my footage, get caught up on stuff, and have time to process the rest yeah. of my evening because I knew, I, okay, I had to prepare practices coming up. I went to modern day as a freshman and had an opportunity to play as a varsity player. Yeah. because That's I, a tough school. Yeah, I, I waited. I waited. I had to sit down for 30 days in front of a senior and outplay him in practice every day. Yeah. So I had to annihilate him because yeah. I said, you know what? I'm better than Josh, and shout out to Josh Porter. I love you, hmm. but I had to take those minutes. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. after practice, a two-hour practice, I'm going home for two hours, maybe yeah. take a nap, yeah. get some food, do a little homework, and mm-hmm. then I'm back to the gym again. Mm-hmm. So my day is really probably ending around 9 o'clock every yeah. night. Yeah. Shower, you know, obviously eat with the fam, and we're done, me and yeah. my brother. But yeah. 
it was a commitment. Yeah. And it's a sacrifice. Yeah. You know, you got to make a decision. I tell kids, you got to know what you're getting into. Nope. You love the the glamour of the sport, but you don't love the grind. Yeah. You got to commit to both. You're right. You, know, you don't get the one without the other. Yep. Absolutely. And that... The man-child label. I mean, that 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 became the nickname, right? That Absolutely. became your, your legacy. Uh, name of the documentary. It's it's funny because very few. That's that title to me has a lot of weight because very few are given that. You right. know what I mean? Um, right. For us, like like I said, for us in NorCal, it was Leon Poe. He 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 became the man-child because we heard about this. Because I'm older than him, and we heard about this like you know six seven six eight. Uh, eighth grader about to come to Oakland Tech and then I saw him I was like Jesus Christ like <laughs> you know this kid's younger than me right you know what I mean like it's 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 a it's a very distinguished uh um label with that being said outside of what you just said reflecting with Kobe and things like that are there other guys you remember going against that could like you felt were like great competition or could rival you I mean who are any standout guys in your mind that you were like man me and this dude had some good battles well I mentioned Metal World Peace um I think his defensive prowess was mm-hmm. unmatched at the time, and he was very skilled offensively too. Mm-hmm. So he could pass, shoot, handle, and everything. But his he loved the defensive side of it. He wanted to lock you up. That nice. was his whole thing. So I knew when we would play each other, I'm like, "You're not gonna lock me up. You know I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna make you work too." So, but that's my man, Meta. Shout out to Meta. I love love you, bro. Um, a lot of guys quit at some point mm-hmm. in the game, and you as a competitor, you you can sense it. It's a lack of, a, you know, anticipation, a lack of intensity, and a lack of toughness. And right. you can see it in a person's eyes. After a while, it's like you keep coming at him and coming. Mm-hmm. Like, man, I got to deal with another half of this. Right. Yeah. You know, so I would see that in guys. And, you know, then I just would really try to annihilate you because mm-hmm. it was all about you got to have the edge. And it starts yeah. in your mind. Right. And I tell people, you got to win the battle before the fight. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. that was big to me. I think Kobe and Meta met me on that level. But a lot of guys, they couldn't sustain, you know, right. throughout a whole game. Nice. Did well, you play? I heard, a, I, I saw one thing on YouTube about you going up against KG. And, like, I don't know if that's true or not. Like, you know, how he's, like, seven foot and you're over here bullying him. Like, did, <laughs> did that actually happen where yeah. you and him were going at it like that? Yeah, I, got, I dunked on him three times. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> Damn, okay. Nice. Yeah, so. Oh, nice. I mean, but he'll attest to it. It's yeah. not like I'm trying to show him yeah, up. Yeah, no, he, no, no. He's no, on his just, show. You yeah, know, he got his show absolutely. on TNT, yeah. I think. Yeah. Or what, what? I can't remember the name of it. But he was, he talks about these things. And he's yeah. telling people, like, look, this guy was LeBron before LeBron. You don't mm-hmm. understand. So, mm-hmm. But when you don't have social media, yeah. it sounds like you're trying to convince people. Right, right, you know? right. No, it's. But like you said, it, it's kind of cool to have your peers acknowledge what you're saying and like, yeah, this shit happened. Like, right. dude, ball. So I can only imagine if social, if you were around during social media, oh my god, <laughs> I wouldn't have to be talking <laughs> about it. Right. 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 You right? Know, we know. might not have met you. Just right. be real, <laughs> so, but no, that no, that's um, that's really cool, man. And and your perspective on it, just just talking to you now, man, you seem to have a really positive outlook, or, and that's you know, like I said, that's a blessing in itself. So moving on to, let's talk, um, going to have a hot take. I like to always have, a, a, let's say, a controversial topic in terms of AAU. So I'm going to ask your opinion about it. And obviously through the rest of the show, feel free to chime in on anything we're talking about. Um, the biggest thing I'm noticing, and it's just becoming more and more rampant, we t- I think we've talked about it multiple times, but I don't care. It still needs to be talked about is uh, the reclassifying. Okay. Um, I think it's just getting completely out of hand. Uh, you know, if a kid needs to help reclassify for a year, okay, no sweat. Like that happens, you know what I mean? Maturity, different things like that happen, but there's now stories of kids, you know, there's like 17 year olds in the eighth grade. You know what I mean? There's like 16 year olds, 17 year olds in the seventh grade, you know, cause wow. the parents are like, well, we class them. They'll do maybe one or two years at, um, high school. Right, because what the rule is, the CIF rule, when they turn eighteen, they can't unless it's unless it's during their season, they can't play high school ball anymore. And then they then the parents think, okay, then they'll do one or two years of high school, then I'm gonna transfer them to a prep school. Okay. Right. I don't see that as a sustainable business model or things like that, but I was curious on your perspective on it if if you've seen this type of stuff in the AU world. That I mean I know double holdbacks, maybe triple. Um, I think it's ridiculous, you know, when I really think about it. But my thing is this, what happens if you get hurt? Right. And then your plan goes to what? Then what? You have no education. You have no real skill set, no real experience. So mm-hmm. what happens to that child? Right. You know what I mean? Because they're kids at the end of the day. So for me, 
we came up in an era where it was kind of like if you wasn't good enough, you just had to wait till next year, yeah. or you had to get better, or, or you put in work, else. Yeah. yeah, do something else. So it, it doesn't matter if you get held back another year. Yeah, you may mature more physically or, or, or mentally, but if you're not good enough, you're just not good enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad more people need to hear that. What, what's your thoughts on it, Mark? No, nah, well, you know, just basically what he he was saying too. Like, if you're not good enough, it doesn't really matter how many more years what was it who was it a uh, Kyrie Walker I think um I, I could have swore like he was 20 years old the last yeah that was the years. running joke while he was in you know <laughs> been in high school he's like a 21 year old high school senior or something yeah. <laughs> nobody knows but he was still it's just yeah. that's ridiculous so that's tough and then I know I think he I don't know I don't think he, he didn't get drafted of course no he didn't you know they got the G League and I think he's playing on the G League team but that's tough you know what I'm saying to just be in that type of situation you know what I'm saying, but, but yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's go to the NBA. So, because that's always uh, fun stuff. Uh, seasons here, um, you know, it's good to have a season back and see people in the stands. Uh, mm-hmm. um, Shay, you got a favorite NBA team? I always like show man, but I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what's going on over here right now. <laughs> You're yeah. with another Still Lakers. Early, I was gonna, I was going to assume yeah. the Lakers, yeah. but we're definitely going to talk about that one. That's right. always the that's definitely the storyline uh, <laughs> we got to get into right away. <laughs> Um, you know, everybody, obviously, obviously this juncture is like L.A. or Brooklyn or L.A. and Brooklyn is going to meet in the championship. And, you know, I, I still I'm a Warriors fan. Okay. So, you know, That's I'm right. still going to rock with my team. That's so right. and, and the way Steph just came out these these mm. early games, I feel confident. Good. I yeah, feel pretty good. confident. But let's talk about uh, L.A. and get into that a little bit is the the, the Westbrook experiment, as we call it, <laughs> as I call it anyway. Um, is it working? Because <laughs> I don't right know. Now. I don't see it nah. working. <laughs> <laughs> no, not right now it's not and I think he needs to be Westbrook I think he needs yeah. to penetrate he needs to look to push it in transition and make plays mm-hmm. you know and be the player that he that they sign you know what yeah. I mean and then everybody's chemistry will, will gel as long as they're willing to make the extra pass and don't play like for highlights right just mm-hmm. play basketball yeah. play hard I think it always comes together I mm-hmm. think um, watching the Lakers game um, I what I think where they might have messed up on, and you you know the Lakers front office is clearly an excellent office. So I'm not who am I to tell them they're not doing it right? But I think they needed another shooter. That's just me personally. I think they needed another shooter. They went more obviously veteran and a uh, big with yeah. DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard and Carmelo Anthony. You have a lot of length and a lot mm-hmm. of size, a lot of IQ, no doubt. But I think they lose something in the shooting department because because. Wait, isn't Avery Bradley with you they guys just, now too? Like, they just signed him. Yeah, that's I don't for defense. I don't see a real legit catch and shoot guy. Um, that new kid. Um, well, they had Caruso got rid of. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. So that's I think they sacrificed their outside shooting ability right. to gain the veterans and and obviously the star power. But you know, LeBron LeBron is proven he's able to work with stars. So. He's a genius, so he got to figure it out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he will. But (laughs) on the flip side of it, though, Westbrook shows he doesn't play good with stars. So it's kind of like it's kind of two different sides of of the same coin. So I I don't know. We'll see how that one plays out. Yeah, I just thought that was interesting. Then I wanted to talk about the whole uh, uh, Ben Simmons uh, deal. Mm. (laughs) Uh, I my whole take on it, uh, watching it manifest. I don't like. I don't like how this this. trying to say this nice as i can this fucking kid comes fuck it this kid comes across like a fucking spoiled aau brat that's just what i see in the way he's acting now again i don't know the inner workings of an nba organization i don't i don't know what the sixers front officers are doing but i just i try to look at it in a reflection to his peers joel Embiid has been scrutinized year after year for the sixers making it not making it the process i i know numerous things and even he still is capable of being professional, sticking by, you know, um, his organization and just trying to and just trying to do what's best, right, right. for basketball. Right. Ben Simmons to me is an interesting case study because to me he looks like the epitome of what the like we talked about with the AAU entitlement. He to me looks like an embodiment of what that can manifest to in the pro level. So I'm just curious what you guys might think about that. Um, you want to? No, you okay. go, ahead, go ahead. For me, I. <laughs> I don't know, man. It just it it, it, it heart it's heart wrenching for me because I know how hard it is to make it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And he's they, there and he's right. just 
and you got opportunities and you're already making millions of dollars. Yeah. He's already paid. I mean, it's just I don't understand the logic behind it. I mean, obviously he must know something that we don't. Yeah. Because the way it looks, it, he comes across as spoiled, entitled, and like you want somebody to basically coddle you and mm -hmm. caress you when it's a man's game. Like mm -hmm. you're in the league, yep. they're paying you to do a job. Do your job. If you're unhappy, then and they like, trade it. And like you said, think how hard you have to fight just to be one of those spots. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's 400 plus jobs, right? And you get one of you got one of them. Right. And you're treating it like it's just whatever. You know what I mean? They wouldn't have had to beg me to play. Right. <laughs> you're guaranteeing the money, right? All right, cool. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to worry about me. I'll be there early, stay late. But you have to be a competitor. And I think that's part of the game that is lost today. It's very skilled and soft at the same time. Yeah. And it's funny that you said that about the competitive side because I saw something on Draft Express uh, when Ben Simmons went, was in LSU. And, you know, they're talking about his strengths and weaknesses. Oh, and, I saw that too. The um, And this yeah, just shows yeah. this – this is on a, a lot on the 76ers where the biggest thing I saw, you see the 6'10", 225 point guard, and, and the thing that they put on there, some, a scout put, is lack of competitiveness. Wait, wait a minute. If you an NBA player, that's to me, that's the – how are you – how do you draft somebody know, and it says on their – that's the biggest red flag, lack of competitiveness. It says something that if you talk to him a certain way, that he gets frustrated, da-da-da. And that's crazy, you know, as a trainer – Talking to my younger kids, that's one of the main things I talk about, like the mental toughness part. Mm -hmm, and yeah. you have a kid right here, red flag, lack of competitive, and he still goes drafted. So that's to me, that's like, come on, man, that's 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 bad on the organization. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of tough. Um, and on the, on the other end of it too is again like, like we saw James Harden try to get his get himself out of Houston, but the thing is, he still. Went to training camp. He still, that's the thing. You're a professional. Right, <laughs> you right. still got to do your job. And so for him to kind of, you know, do what he's been doing, the way he's been walking, the pre-Madonna kind of stuff, like, that's not right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, so yeah, I man, that's my, my take on it, too, is just, and now he's talking about, you know, and, and I don't want to judge him because now he came back talking about he's going through some mental stuff. And you right. already know when it comes mentally, that's, if that's really true, then okay, then. But then at the same time, it's like, his 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 track record. It's like it's hard to believe him. Right, you know what I'm saying. Right. If, he's, if he's gonna use that now, you know, and oh, it can discredit those yeah. who actually deal with mental oh, health yeah. issues. You know exactly. what I mean. So Which it's like that. Too. That's always the walking line yeah. that I don't. You know, what I mean, I don't right. like that either. So yeah. you know who. We just three guys in a room. Who who knows if he gonna hear us? But I'm sure he's hearing it enough from everybody else. Like <laughs> right. you know, what I mean, right. get run away from it. I wanted to talk about um Leangelo Ball. Okay. Um, uh, he's fighting again, or he did get the spot with uh the charlotte g league team right yeah yeah no, he got drafted he got that, he got that spot oh. um he, he's That's yeah dope. you know he's yeah. fighting he's fighting for a spot man and yeah. uh i think he's uh, the reason i think he's relevant especially with having you here is because he's sh he's showing perseverance yes. right yep. which is which is something i think is is kind of a theme for you and your life circumstances you just Keep going. Kept going. Yeah. Kept Climb going. You know what I mean? Climbing the mountain. So That's I thought it. he was pretty relevant to bring up. So I I, I um I just I just want to get cut. I want to give him his respect because the ball family clearly deals with a lot of disrespect. Yeah. <laughs> so But he's a marketing genius. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he succeeded in the mission. Yes, so they can say what did. they want about him. And look, Jello is probably the the least favorite out of the brothers, mm -hmm. you know, and he has talent too. Um, it's obviously not LaMelo mm -hmm. and, and Lonzo. it's not Lonzo, but he has talent. I watched him in the summer league. He was scoring, hitting threes, you know, playing basketball. So it's just timing, I think, in the yeah. right situation for yeah. him. And I think he'll eventually land on a team. For sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree it. with you too. Um, I wanted to talk about this. I found this interesting, just another NBA narrative. Um, Dwayne Wade's son, mm -hmm. uh, Zaire, he got a spot um, on a, a G League spot. Uh, um Two things. One, do you guys think it's because of his dad? Because he owns, he's part owner of that team, the Utah team. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the, that that has, I'm sure that has a little sure. influence. Okay, yeah. I, I agree too. No, yeah. I do, I do. I'm not saying like I don't. Um, but this is on the flip side of it. Um, I don't think he's wrong for that shit. Me yeah. personally, because yeah. I'll be real, I got sons. Like yeah, if yeah, I, yeah. I got, if I got, if I got sons, and I have a chance to. Right. Mm -hmm put my like like if I'm on 
I'm, I own this gym, or not, I shouldn't say own own, but let, let's just say I'm I'm part owner of this gym, right? If I can give my kid a job here, I'm gonna mm-hmm. fucking do it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I don't Absolutely. think he's I don't think he's wrong for it. I was just curious what you guys might think. Uh, people do it all day long, Hell right? Yeah. And, and he has talent. It's not yeah. like the kids are bunk. Yeah, so, no, no. You know, I, I think uh, D Way is trying to probably correct some things that. Maybe he faced in his mm-hmm. career and things that he's seen other players go through. Yep. He's like, well, I, I got a son of my own, so I want to set the record straight. Man, yeah. right. So kudos to him for being able to do it. Exactly. Yeah. To have the position to be able to exactly. do that, right? And exactly. it's kind of just like the Charlotte thing. Like, the reason why Leangelo got drafted by the Hornets is because his brother is a baller. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And right. that's kind of how it is with – and that's why I believe somewhere down the line all three brothers are going to be together because – if you got one or two of those, and Lonzo's playing really good, but if you got one of them, just look at LeBron. Not saying that LaMelo or Lonzo's going to be like LeBron, but if you're good, <laughs> yeah. the GMs are going to do whatever it takes to keep you happy. Right. So if that means that LaMelo's talking to the GMs, like, yo, can you at least put my my, my big bro on a G League team, give him a chance? Like, he would have never had that opportunity compared to anybody else. Right, so I, I feel like that's the big thing. And then with, with D. Wade and his son, is like, I feel like the biggest person who's pushing him is his dad. So it's like, I'm giving you this shot. So you know they're putting in work to kind yeah. of prove people wrong. So I'm not mad at that at all. Nice. At all. Um, big, oh, well, this me personally want to give a shout out to my Warriors because we're balling right now. So hopefully Y'all play we keep tonight. that going. Yeah, Sacramento. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, that's why here, I wanted to. Yeah, yeah, they're here at SAC. That's why I wanted to give them a shout out because right. uh, I'm, a, I'm a true Blue Warriors fan from when we <laughs> sucked <laughs> to where we at now so keep doing your things fellas um the last thing i want to talk about nba wise before we move on to our like last one or two questions um did you get did you get a chance to see like the top 75 list or whatever i, I, I watched i watched I, I saw some of it i didn't go through everything but there blasphemy. were blasphemy blasphemy there there were some people for sure that i think belonged on that list that they yeah. didn't put on there um dwight howard's one me personally mm-hmm. i yeah. they put cuz they put and this was an interesting take on it that I thought about too, and and watching a few articles on it kind of hit home for me and pissed me off because um, I'm I, when I played I was more of a defensive guy too, shooter, defender, right? That was my thing. Um, Anthony Davis got on the list, and Dwight didn't. And if you list their accolades, Dwight mm-hmm. yeah. way much more accolades, but his is obviously I want to say more lean towards the defensive side, right? So it's like how as to me, it's like, how do I preach as a coach to my kids? Defense matters. Coaches recognize defense, right? Because right. let's be real, all the youth, they watch the NBA before they watch college. Right. You know what I mean? That's they're, where they're, they're going wrong to start, though. Right, I know. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. Me, we, we know right. that. Right. But that's just the nature of what it is. These kids, they're going to watch NBA highlights. They'll watch NBA highlights, ball is life highlights, street ball highlights, then maybe college. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's that's just the order of it. But it's like, man, it doesn't help when I try to preach to my kids, pass the ball, be a good teammate, play good defense, work hard, you know, grind it out. like, And a guy like Dwight Howard, who pretty much has done that, doesn't get on that list, but a guy like Anthony Davis, who basically said, I'm going to shoot and score and be the new age big and fully embrace it, gets on that list. Why do you think that is? I don't know, man. I Dwight's I, track record of just personality. I think, I think, pers- I think. that's what I was going to say. I would say I want to say – Part of it, I think, is a personality, personnel thing. You so know, it's not I mean? really about stats then at that point. Yeah, at that point, time, it is not. Three-time right. defensive yeah. player of the year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, I, because at the end of the day, I always I always know, and we know this just because we're older and we see it for what it is. The NBA is a business. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and it, business-wise, it looks better to have certain players on that list and certain players politics, not. Politics, right. politics. I mean, right. there's a reason Kyrie wasn't on that list. And yeah. Clay, How the For fuck sure. Clay not on that shit? Yeah, he's how better. is Clay he's better Thompson yeah. 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 not on yeah. the 75? But because he hasn't, you know, it's That's it's crazy. a what have you done for me lately league. You, you, he hasn't played, so apparently he's not relevant anymore right. you know what i mean right. it's just it's cold it, like it, it's a, it's an interesting study so for a lot of you people out there and kids that are like oh, i want to play in the league keep in mind man it's a business fella yep. so it's not always about the numbers i um want to get into respectfully disrespectful it's a segment where we talk a little bit of aau stuff that most people don't necessarily want to talk about um and then we'll, and then we'll get out of here because i know you got you got things to do as well but um one thing i wanted to touch on especially in the, with AAU basketball and uh, so many teams, so many coaches. Uh, and when you're a coach, you're, you're in a position to mentor. I know that's a big thing you've for been sure. focused on for for what you're currently trying to do. Like um, um, uh, I 
went on your social media, heard a little bit of um, your podcast, and it sounds like you're just really invested in trying to help the next generation, Absolutely. which is great because that's all me and him do. That's all. That's all. I just happen to make a living doing it, right? That's good. Um, but with that being said, there are a lot of coaches in, in mentor positions who aren't necessarily the best people. You know what right. I mean? Um, right. Do you think there's got to be something that we, we need it as coaches – as peers, as a basketball community, we got to start holding our coaches to a higher standard. Absolutely, because they're teachers. Mm-hmm. You know, the basketball coaches are teachers of the youth. The game of basketball needs to be taught properly from a fundamental standpoint. And the basics, when you stick to the basics, it always works. I think everybody's too enthralled with making the fancy play, the nice mm-hmm. pass, and instead of making a simple jump, stop, jab, step, pump fake, you know, I'm doing sidestep, you're off one leg, same <laughs> hand, and it's like, come on, man, we're in America, not right, Europe. Right, right, right. You know, you still got a guy in front of you that's, he's probably going to be a tough defender. You're not just going to be able to do what you want to do. Right. And the, the triple threat is where the defense has to remain honest. Mm-hmm. And when you can break that down to a player and explain it to him, I think, they can apply it, and when they see it work, that's how we can adapt to that change. Right. Until then, I think it's going to be more of showmanship type of basketball, and I and I blame the streetball era right from a, for a lot of the flashiness now. Well, you think, but and that is well because even thinking of that streetball for us, yeah, was. Man, I mean, it was the playground. Yeah, you know, yeah, what I mean, it was a yeah. cultural thing to it too. Like, mm-hmm. like of course, there was and one, and right. you know, Skip to my Lou, and all those guys mm-hmm. and guys that got it on the national stage. But now you're right because of the streetball culture. Now is so um, monetized, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. these kids, I mean, yeah, some of these dudes are making millions, yep. you know, thousands of dollars playing at these parks and traveling so, all over the country. I mean, they're making serious money. It wasn't like that for us in our streetball culture. In our streetball culture, it's like you really have to play right. and build your rep. That's where you build your armor, right? Exactly. That's where you sharpened your knife, you know what I mean, was out on the streetball court. And then high school ball, college ball, that was the show, right? right? You right. know what I'm saying? But yeah. now it's kind of it's all – it's yeah. all included. You know yeah, what I mean? The, the streetball is the show now. Right. But right. that's usually what it wasn't. You know what I yeah. mean? That that was where you build your rep. That's what the OGs kind of yep. said. All right, man, you're pretty good. You know, come out here and play with the grown men. Right. We're going to beat you up a little yeah, exactly. bit. Exactly. So it's, it's definitely changed. What what mm-hmm. What's your thoughts, Mark? You got any? It's, it's social media. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It, it's, it's social media. Like for me as a trainer, like I, I, I always try to focus on the basics. And I feel like as a player, uh, players individually, you know, like the whole, you know, my business is GGT, God-given talent. Every player has their own God-given talent. So if you keep with the basics and you and you train fundamentally sound that person individually with the gifts that they have that's their flash you know what i'm right. saying and nowadays you see because of social media and the kid can just go on their phone and see all this crazy fancy stuff they believe they can do it but that's not your game you know what i'm saying so so to me again like like what you were saying it's all about the fundamentals it's all about, it's all about the basics like yeah. some of the greatest players in the world again i'm gonna go back to kobe because i'm a kobe guy that's right fundamentals and he dominated dominated simple Yep. Like, I remember I heard some trainer, one of Kobe's trainer, who was saying that dominate simple. If you right. can dominate simple, you can last. Yeah. So I think that's that's the main thing that kids kind of have to get back on to. Well, that's the thing, like, you know, to piggyback on what you said, guys don't realize I was a problem at that mm-hmm. three-point line of guard. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm jab, step, dunking yep. you off of one <laughs> dribble. Yep. If your defense is suspect, I'm yeah. by, I'm by yeah. you. So yeah. I don't yeah. need to have all the fancy moves because yeah. yeah. the, the fastest point between two lines is straight straight yep. ahead. Yep. Okay. Yep. Exactly. Well, that's well, and that's why I wanted to talk about that because, like, coaches. I have a lot of coaches who hear my show too, and and for the ones who are out there doing it the right way and trying to teach their kids and trying to, you know, show them the basics and show them, you know, let go of all that flashy shit, man. Like, right. just go out there and play great basketball, and and, and the highlights will come. You right. know what mm-hmm. I mean? Right. I, I just wanted to kind of speak on that because. I've been around coaches that, man, I could tell you crazy stories if we had more time, but coaches that have, like, tried to tell their kids to fight other kids, kids that are coaches that try to encourage their kids to reclassify two or three years, kids that, coaches that, I mean, they they speak bad on it, but I think a lot of it can stem from just corruption and money, though. You know what I mean? Because there's so much, shoe companies are... Shoe companies run AAU. This just is what it is. And because shoe companies, because now they have a personal investment, Adidas, Under Armour, Nike now have a personal investment right. in it. Yeah, they're going to, that's when things get 
a little shady and backhanded. And then obviously the people that are getting the money exchanged yeah. are the coaches, the right. coaches and directors. So, right. you know, for, for coaches out there that are trying to stand their ground and make the ethical stance, man, I, I give a big shout out to you guys. So um, last thing I want to talk to you about um, before, before you get out of here. Um, well, you said you head back home tomorrow, right? Yeah. So, you know, so safe travels on that. Thank you. Um, what your tour, right? Uh, where, where all do you plan on going or where you all you trying to trying to hit? That's what we're doing now. Manchild Grassroots Tour. Um, we've got a couple dates back home um, tentatively set. We have a college, a D1 right now, and then um, a high school in the L.A. area. And there's there's other interests. So okay. we, we want to just build this. I mean, ideally, I want to have a Northwest swing that we do. You know, the next time I come back, I like to have like four bookings of different schools, public, private, and, and maybe a college or two. You know, just really encourage people to come out. You know, today was a miss as far as the numbers, but the impact was definitely felt and made. Nice. We need the players as well as the parents to come to support because they need to understand this is the other side of the spectrum yeah. that I'm showing. So maybe people are scared of the truth, but it's good for us. You know, I live in that space. I was taught it and brought up, you know, I'm going to tell you what, what you need to know, not what you want to hear. Right. You know? and, that, and that's something that the kids today need to really face, you know, face that constructive criticism yep. and face your fears. Let's see what your weaknesses really are, because mm -hmm. you don't know how good you are until you play somebody better. Right. Yep. You're absolutely right. Very true. Well, Shay, I appreciate you uh, coming to the show, man, taking your time. Sir. I know you got to get hit the road and got other things to do. Uh, also want to, before we get out of here, big shout out to those who've been supporting the Patreon. Um, uh, got a bunch of new people that signed up. Uh, Brian, uh, Crystal Betts. Uh, big shout out to Vance Walburn being on the last show. Uh, Coach Sam, Elijah Juan, uh, Catalina, thank you guys for signing up and supporting the show. Also, again, um, Zenify, thank you for sponsoring the show. If you're looking for a web design webpage for your small business, go ahead and hit them up. Our next guest should be coming soon, hopefully, as uh, Bobby Jackson, uh, DTB by the bag. Uh, and still got more future guests for you guys lined up. So please uh, support. Hit us up when you can. Um, with all that being said, though, again, Shay, thank you for coming through, man. Thank I you. really appreciate thank it. Thank Great you, meeting you. Great Absolutely. meeting you. Absolutely. Uh, all, all his stuff will be in the links. Um, I'll connect with you. We'll, we'll get all that stuff set up. Uh, well, check him out. Check out his documentary. I'm going to check it out for sure now yes, that sir. I've gotten a chance to sit down and talk with him. Uh, his story is amazing. If you need to, I, the, the links to uh, his Wikipedia will be in there. I really think people just need to kind of see what you've accomplished, you know what I mean? And, and really look at that as a case study of, you know, how the formula of, like you said, you can do everything right, still might not work out, but you just keep fucking going, man. Absolutely. So, no, I appreciate you, man. Thank you. And um, Mark, you got anything left? No, man, it was a privilege having you on the show. Appreciate you. All right, we out.